Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and my name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another show, or I want to say another exciting topic here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Now, I noticed that today is, or not only today, but today is July the 18th, and we are halfway through the month of July, which is very interesting. And not only are we halfway through the month of July, many of you know that I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and with that being said, I do a lot of different things. Not only do I work with children, family, couples counseling, mental health, I do a lot of different things. And I noticed the other day that the month of July is considered National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. Now, when it comes to minorities, many of us lack information. We don't trust the system. It's a lot of things that can be very, very discouraging as it relates to many African Americans and other minorities as it relates to getting our mental health needs met. Now, I grew up in the city of Compton, and I was telling somebody earlier today, growing up in Compton, there was a lot of different things that was going on within our city that we had no knowledge of and we wasn't supposed to have knowledge of because people didn't want us to have knowledge of it. And it took me a long time to realize that which made me want to go to a different school within the Compton Unified School District. And I'm not saying that all schools are bad. I'm not saying that the schools in Compton are failing to teach their students. I'm not saying that. I just knew with me, being a straight-A student, that was not going to work for me. But the problem was I never thought I was going to become a therapist. Many people believe that I am an attorney. They thought I went into law enforcement. Because I had other plans. Like they say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. And that's exactly what he did. Now, but when it came to mental health, mental health issues is something that has been around for many, many, many years. But yet, in certain communities, we didn't have access to certain things. So we were still seeing individuals in our families that suffered in silence because they had depression, anxiety, PTSD was huge. Because PTSD, meaning post-traumatic stress disorder, what happens with that, it is the traumatic event that individuals recall. It's not what happened, it's how they felt when it happened. That can create the anxiety. It could be sound. It could be taste. It could be touch. It could be smell. And the sad part about it is when the Vietnam War took place back in the 70s, many of our loved ones came back with a lot of disabilities. Some didn't even make it back. So that meant that many families were dealing with grief, and we didn't even know how to grieve. We were dealing with the anxiety. We were dealing with the depression. The soldiers that did come back were dealing with PTSD. And I've heard many complaints about the VA system and things of that nature, but that's just to name a few because thank God for the VA system because some of our veterans wouldn't even be able to access care and mental health services or substance abuse services if it wasn't for the VA. Now, when we talk about, like I 
PTSD, substance abuse. There's a lot of things going on. And for many reasons, individuals lack access to these services. So I'm going to be talking a lot about these different things. And if you or someone you know has been diagnosed or presenting with symptoms of a mental health issue, I like to call it an issue, meaning that it is impairing their level of functioning, whether it is um, stopping them or a disability as to where they're having difficulties obtaining employment, keeping employment, communicating effectively with others, having difficulties in relationships, having difficulties with their health. Mental health is real. And we have to recognize and acknowledge that as a minority, we matter too. Whether it is Afri- we're African American descent, Hispanic, Asian, you know, and it's, it's interesting, like I said, because as a therapist myself, I work with individuals from all walks of life. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I'm very well knowledgeable when it comes to the medications that individuals are being prescribed. And I remember having, because um, I have lupus. My rheumatologist told me many, many, many years ago, people do not die from illnesses, they die from complications from medications. Now, there are medications that are used to treat symptoms, but the symptoms does not change your situation. The medication does not change your situation. So when I'm working or I'm getting calls from individuals that are dealing with um, major depressive disorder, first thing that comes to my mind is doing a suicide assessment to test the lethality or check the lethality to make sure that they're not having any intrusive thoughts, suicidal ideation, they're not a danger to themselves or a danger to others. When we talk about a 51-50 or a 52-50. Now, in addition to that, there are medications, some that are prescribed to individuals that are a mood disorder, some are antidepressants, some individuals are described medications for a lot of different reasons. But we've got to make sure that we are our own best advocate because it's very difficult to be able to trust the system and to obtain access to services. Now, I was waiting on Mr. Hamilton to call me because I know that there are a lot of parents like myself that deal with mental health issues when it comes to our adult children. And one of the issues that many individuals have is some of the symptoms can either mask themselves, like um, schizophrenia. The According to the DSM, the onset of schizophrenia is not until age 18. However, there are individuals that are under the age of 18 that have the audio-visual hallucinations that may exhibit certain behaviors and they may get a diagnosis of a bipolar disorder, bipolar 1, bipolar 2, which is a mood disorder, except one has manic episodes, or they're given a diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder, and that's because of the behaviors that the individuals may represent or present. So like I said, there's a lot of information. There are organizations out there to help. You can utilize your insurance or EAP, but I'm going to say EAP is more for non-medical issues, 
But if you are a parent and you are struggling with obtaining access for your adult child, you can try NOMNI. NOMNI Association will also assist individuals as well as the family with um, knowledge, resources, and obtaining access to services. Because many of us, we just don't know. We don't know. You know, we, we have kids now that we are seeing now that are being diagnosed. Back in the day, it was more ADHD or ADD. ADHD is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. ADD is Attention Deficit Disorder. There are many minorities, and I'm going to say this, many minorities that are not diagnosed or receive treatment unless they go to jail, unless they go into the system. There are kids that many parents are struggling with trying to find out what's going on with my child. Some of these disorders or, let's say, mental health issues can be hereditary, genetic. I tell individuals, if I would have known that my son or father was schizophrenic, ain't no way to twist that man. I didn't know. At 15, how was I supposed to know about schizophrenia? But now I know. So when we start talking about these things, we got to become more vocal. we got to become more aware. I'm trying to close the door because they refuse to turn the TV down. So we got to become more vocal. we got to become more aware. And that's why I like the fact that many organizations have gotten together to share information with other individuals so that we, when you know better, you do better. Because parenting an adult that has a mental health issue can be a challenge. Now, I'm going to call someone because I know I put the information out and I haven't even had a chance to share a lot of the information on Facebook. But I want to call call Linda because I know she always be saying, you never tell me, it'd be too late. So I want to talk to some parents out there that are struggling or looking for answers as it relates to mental health issues. Let me see if she answered the phone. This is not a prank call. Uh, Hello, Miss Linda. How you doing? I'm good, Jeanette. How are you? I am well, but I got you on the radio because I wanted you to call in because this is a topic to that tonight that I wanted you to chime in with me on because I don't know if you are aware, but the month of July is considered National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh-huh. And many individuals have struggled with obtaining access for either themselves or their loved ones as it relates to mental health needs. And what's happening, especially with minorities in our community, many individuals self-medicate. And when I say self-medicate, they self-medicate with alcohol, they self-medicate with drugs, they self-medicate with relationships, they self-medicate or they engage in self-destructive behaviors. And we used to walk around in constant wondering, what the hell wrong with them? But we didn't know nothing about mental health. Right. We didn't know about depression, anxiety, postpartum depression, schizophrenia, adjustment disorder, disassociative identity disorder, childhood trauma. We didn't know where to go get help from. 
if something right. like that was happening in our communities and in our neighborhoods. Right. So when we start talking about July being the Mental Health Awareness Month, and as a therapist, what is your take on that? What were some of the challenges you may have experienced as a parent or some of the things that you saw? Because you're much you're older than I am, but what are some of the things you saw in our communities where individuals were lacking resources? I remember there used to be a doctor's clinic on um, right off Imperial or Wilmington. Then there was another medical clinic on the laundry. We didn't have accessibility. All right. Good today, they don't, the way they're doing mental patients and mental health out there today is just really bad. But back then, it was they take into alcohol because actually a lot of those people and kids, including myself, didn't have really no one to speak to or talk to about this because that was like... To me, they felt like it was a touchy situation. I mean, mm-hmm. the subject. So back then, it really didn't. No one wanted to talk about mental health or the strange behavior of some of our children mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, but, but that all boils down to mental. Even if you're uh, drinking or messing around with something that you ain't got no business doing, different things that are click. I had a cousin that come out from Texas. I almost burned my sister's garage down, mm-hmm. but he had a problem. But his mama from from Houston, Texas, I never will forget it. God rest her soul. But she she didn't know nothing, mm-hmm. you know. And at the time, like I said, people walk all over it and stepped all over it. They didn't look back at it. Oh, he burnt the garage down. Oh, he's over there getting drunk. Or he's over there playing with himself. It doesn't matter what the situation may be. Mm-hmm. It's all come down to your mental problems that you have and nobody addressed them. Mm-hmm. And and it's happening again today, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. The facilities are, are giving them medication and sending them away. They're out here stabbing people on bus stops. Mm-hmm. There's no help nowhere. It was, uh, right up here in the dog park, a man walks past a, a little old lady, walking her dog, kills her dog first, and then stabs her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just walking around craziness, and nobody cares. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And not that if we talk about care, we turn a blind eye to things because we normalize it. That's real. That's the same thing to me. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you're turning your back. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You're not caring. You don't. You don't want to address the situation because oh, that's too much. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a problem with a lot of things and a lot of us today. Mm-hmm. We're, we're turning our backs on a lot of things that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And that is when I noticed that the month of July was National um, Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. I said, you know what, at the last minute, let me put something together and talk about this. Let me bring this to people's attention because, like I said, when I was growing up and my son's father I had symptoms of schizophrenia. I didn't know what schizophrenia was. I had okay, never heard I'm of gonna schizophrenia. Okay, because I'm going to tell you the truth. I found out about 10 years ago. I didn't know either. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's, I, what is this? What is schizophrenia? You talk, you know, you hear voices in your dog. Yes. Hey, come on. Yes. People it have so loud. audio-visual it's, hallucinations. Right. And then they, they see stuff you don't see, and you're thinking, oh, man, get away from me. No. That person don't feel good. They hear it and they see it. But not only that, 
we didn't know nothing about this. So, well, they used to call it multiple personalities. I uh-huh. could see somebody walking down the street, and, and let's say, for example, I'll use the, the name Diane. Hey, Diane, how you doing? My name ain't Diane. I'm like, who the hell are you? You look like Diane to me. Well, they right. may, be so, may be dealing with disassociative identity disorder. Right. And with so dis- much in there. Correct. So much. Back then, we didn't even know what was happening to our friends, your friends, mm-hmm. family friends, cousins. It doesn't matter. We didn't even, okay, they're crazy. That's mm-hmm. all the words would come out of a person's mouth back in the day. Mm-hmm. That person is crazy. I don't want to be around them. No. See, that's what I'm, what I'm saying. It's just like nobody cared or knew mm-hmm. what was happening with that person. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, they didn't care to know. They and you know what? And this is one them. of the things, because you know I was always a nosy child. And my thing was I didn't know what to do.
Right. You're going to shut down. And see, that was another thing, Lynn, that I realized is growing up in Compton, all of the tragedy and the trauma that Uh, we witnessed, people processed it differently. Right. You know, I remember one time taking what's called the ACE score or the ACE exam. Uh I had, I think, eight out of ten. The only ones I didn't have was I was not molested, and it was something else that I didn't have. But uh-huh. a lot of individuals, they don't realize when we talk about, and they used to say multiple personalities, me, I can say myself, I learned about multiple personalities from watching all my children with Nikki being Vicky. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be like, ooh, Nikki cool. Vicky was all stuck up for Diddy, but Nikki yeah. was cool. All right. But she had disassociative identity disorder because of childhood trauma. She was molested by her father. Think of all of the people that have been with incest and child molestation, and they have these um, so-called friends in their head to protect them because they felt they could. They had nobody to protect them. That's so, so true. Some things we and learn. And, 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 uh, and uh, it goes on in black families, but then the main ones, all of us, it goes on in black families, and it's really not discussed. White families bury it. Alive, mm-hmm. and you know it's just different ways that, and then it's in each of our families, and sometimes we don't know it. Correct. You know, Correct. and then like when it do come out, oh, you're raging and you're you're cursing and that person out instead of getting that person some help. That's true. I don't you- give a darn how long it's been going on. Go, don't let him keep it up, and then don't you you cuss him out and don't say anything or address the situation. Look what you've done. And, to this mm-hmm. child, you, you you know, instead of taking him or her to a place to get help, mm-hmm. you, you, you dismiss it again, Correct. once again. Right. And a lot of times, you know what? I remember hearing my mother say one time to my sister, I ain't giving up my man for you. I ain't giving up my money for you. So a lot of times people didn't want to see their daddy go to jail. They didn't want to see their their parents, their boyfriend and husband, and we swept things up under the rug. We can't sweep this stuff up under the rug anymore. That's right. We can't continue to hide the fact that these things are happening in our families and in our communities, and we have to have more access to services to try to assist individuals. And that's where the disassociation came from is because of trauma. When right. you see people that have childhood friends, it's like, okay, um, I, I used to call him Carnell. His name was Purcell. I didn't even know uh, him. I didn't even know. I was calling the man the wrong name for 40 years. I remember him. Yes. I yes, he lived two doors he, down from me. And right. Okay, their, okay, I do know. All right. I their family I isolated themselves, but I never really knew what was actually going on with him, but sometimes you can be so smart to, you can be, a, there's like my mother, my grandmother said there's a, a thin line between a genius and a fool. Sometimes right. we yeah. see people that's so intelligent and articulate, now right. we realize that they could be autistic. We thought yeah. that if a person was autistic, they couldn't talk because there's different areas on the spectrum. When we were kids, we had the ADD, the ADHD, and some parent was having their ch- 
children diagnosed with ADD, ADHD just to get a social security check and was putting them on Ritalin or other medications. And some parents were afraid to have their child on medication because they didn't want their child to start experiencing drugs. But what they failed to realize is if you don't get your child the proper treatment, your child will self-medicate because your child don't know what to do with themselves. That's true. And it's and our ignorance. Yeah. Our fear and, and our ignorance. And back then, they were giving all them kids, if you acted some type of way in school, mm-hmm. that's the first thing a doctor gives them. Mm-hmm. That was the worst drug for a child mm-hmm. I ever saw in my life. Ritalin, people that did heroin took Ritalin, mm-hmm. melted them down and shot that shit. Yeah. You can't, that was the worst drug in the world to give a child. And, you know, and now what they've done with the pharmaceutical companies, they've tried other medications like Spatera. But this is the thing, though, Lynn. Some kids benefit from it. It's like I tell individuals, I own an outpatient substance abuse program. I don't work in the field with drug and alcohol as in-depth as I used to, but I still do. I'm a SAP provider, so I do the assessments and evaluations for the DOT for individuals that work in Department of Transportation, railroads, airlines, construction, or any job-sensitive duty, I do those assessments to have have them to get their return to duty test. Now, one of the things that I've seen and I noticed is that when individuals have symptoms of mental health issues, and let's say methamphetamine, or they're afraid because their kid is on Ritalin. If the kid is needing it, and if they use or take the Ritalin or they, let's say, got addicted to meth, the meth calms them down or the Ritalin calms oh, them oh, down. Oh. If they don't take the medication, or not that they don't, if they don't have symptoms of ADD or ADHD, the meth and the Ritalin make them crazy, tweak, and all that other stuff. It has a side, effect, a different side effect. Now we have a caller on the call. I think this is Mr. Ed. Hi, Mr. Ed. Don't fuss at me because I waited to the last minute to put this stuff out. I know the link ain't clicking. I gotta fix that. So I'll do that when mm-hmm. I go off the end. But what is your take? Well, I'll with give the you this time. But uh, I, I just it's... happened to see your description, and you was talking about me. So. <laughs> Okay, what do you mean I was talking about you? Tell me, because we talk about... Okay, what's your, what's your show about again? National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. There you go. you talking about me. Okay. I'm a national <laughs> minority with mental health issues. That's right. Okay. And you know what? I'm a good I, guy, I like but I have mental issues. <laughs> you said that because you know what? We have to break the taboo and break the cycle when it comes to these things because, you know, some people say mental health diagnosis or mental health illness or mental health wellness. We use a lot of different names, but treatment available, but it doesn't mean that you have to stay on treatment for the rest of your life. Now, there are some diagnoses that it is what it is, and it's your level of functioning. I remember working or I met a person one time, and the person was talking to me, and something was really odd. 
But the person came from a family with psychiatrists, psychologists, very intelligent, articulate. I mean, this man was, oof, he could have been freaking Einstein. But it was something a little off about this person. And as we were talking, he was like, I never cheated on my wife. I never did this. I never did that. Then one day the person starts saying, oh, I went to a bar. I met this woman, and I took her home. I said, then who the hell am I talking to? Okay. So what happened was I told my co-therapist, I said, look, I need your help. Linda, honey, we were sitting in that office. We had all kind of weapons around us. <laughs> I mean, wow. damn, you ain't going off on me up in here, up in here. You know, and yeah. so when I was talking to the person, they said, I knew you was going to figure it out. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what am I supposed to be figuring out? Right. I knew eventually you was going to catch on. Oh, my goodness. I was dealing with disassociation. Right. The person was a whole different. And what I caught on to it was, you said you ain't ever cheated. You said, Now you telling me about all your little escapades and all your women. I said, what the hell? So, <laughs> so but this was the thing, though, Linda. The uh, man was more afraid of me than I was of him. Because, you know, right. yeah. I'm not scared of crazy, but I learned right. not to play with crazy. But right. I'm not scared of crazy because, you know, we done seen some crazy. So, and, you know, right. they're messing with me. I'm not the one. You don't want to go. We will tear this sucker up up in here. You know. Nobody's playing with you. So, <laughs> and I don't have no, no diagnosis. Oh, but I know it when I see it. The way I feel today, I, I, I ain't mad at you. <laughs> I ain't lying. Don't but, with me. But it goes back to what you said. We got people killing dogs and animals and people no. at the, the, on, on planes. walking among us, baby. I know. I know. You know? But you know what, Linda? I want to say this, and then I want you to speak, Ed, in regards to this topic. A lot of stuff we see on TV People try to reenact that stuff. I don't watch scary movies. I can't. I can't sit there and watch these mass killings and da-da-da-da-da-da because you got people repeating that cycle. we got to be careful also with some of the video games that our kids are playing with, some of the food that they're eating, the places that we're things we're exposing them to. Sometimes we're putting people in jeopardy. And the sad part about minorities, it's like I said earlier, many individuals are not it's not even diagnosed until they wind up in a criminal justice system. That's real, Jeanette. Until being or and, and here's a lot true. of parents get frustrated because as they try to access mental health, they'll say, Oh, well, we can't do nothing until they go to jail or until they get arrested or commit a crime. Why well, I gotta wait till my child commit a crime in order for me to get some help? Or or they'll say this, your child is an adult, and because he's an adult, but apparently can you help me get conservatorship? Can you help me do a 5150? Because there was time, one time I called the police on my son, and I had to tell the police of mental health issues. Girl, and I'm watching, I'm in Compton, right? I'm all on on my camera watching the people talk to my son. Girl, no, my son didn't talk his way out of a 5150. I was mad as hell. I was like, if y'all don't get him out of there. 
shy away from depression. I do. Because that is a lot of energy, especially if the individual really don't want the help. Sometimes they, they want to vent, they want to talk, and I get all of that. But I don't have time for all of that. But if you want my help, I'll help you. But if you don't want my help, I ain't doing all that work for you. you got to do your own work. But what I'm talking about and what I'm seeing in regards to access, um, mental health don't discriminate, just like drug addictions don't discriminate, domestic violence don't discriminate. But for years, many minorities suffered in silence. I'm looking at something, and it talks about, and I just Googled it, and it says on here, that July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. They talk about five facts you didn't know about minorities and mental health. And it says more than 60 million Americans suffer from mental health conditions in a given year. Many of these individuals are African Americans, Hispanic, and Asian Americans, are part of other minority populations, yet studies suggest that African Americans and Hispanic Americans seek treatment only half the rate of whites, while Asian Americans only do so at one-third rate. Some of the differences are due to access to care. Some are cultural. But the differences are striking enough that the U.S. House of Representatives named July as B.B. Moore Campbell's National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month in 2008. Now, B.B. Campbell Moore was a popular American author who often tackled subjects of mental illness, stigma, and lack of treatment in her books, and had long fought to end mental health stigma in minority communities. She and her colleagues basically were the ones who first worked to have the month dedicated solely to promote awareness of mental health issues in minority populations and encourage those dealing with mental health conditions to seek treatment. Now, and the need is real. The mental health disparities across the United States are alarming. It says, did you know, studies suggest 14% of Native Americans and Alaskan Native adults have both mental and substance abuse disorders? That's what you call dual diagnosis. A lot of individuals didn't know that this just means more than one diagnosis. Substance abuse, dependence, withdrawal, all of that is in the DSM. Four, which is a diagnostic dual statistical, the diagnostic statistic manual, which talks about the symptoms, and if you have a certain number of symptoms, more likely than not, that will be the diagnosis. It also indicates that gay, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender individuals are four times more likely to commit suicide than their straight peers, and more than 60% of those who identify as black Americans have been diagnosed with mental health conditions in the past year, and an estimate that only three of those individuals will receive mental health care. Now, according to the Department of Health and Human Services, minority populations are less likely to be diagnosed with mental health conditions and also have less access to adequate care. But with greater awareness, increased funding, and mental health care, the campaign to encourage those to marginalized groups to seek treatment we have within our power to diminish these disparities and help those who are needingly suffering. Now, you know what I find it to be also interesting, even when we talk about minorities and we're talking about race, individuals that are biracial. 
when they're cross-mixing cultures, anxiety, depression, adjustment disorder, all of that too, all of that. So that is the purpose of bringing a sense of awareness to this topic, Ed, because a lot of times, like I said, the treatment that an African-American will receive may be totally different from what someone of another culture or race may receive. And what I've also found in some with some minorities is there are not a lot of Asian therapists. They're not. There are not that many African-American therapists. I have clients that will call me, and they only call me because I was black. And I have to tell them all black therapists are not black because you don't know. But you can get just as good as care from a Caucasian therapist if the therapists know what they're doing, if they understand cultural diversity. But a lot of times people don't trust. Sometimes people say, I want somebody that look like me, but then sometimes they don't trust it. Wow. That's an issue. If I can, if I can step in on that real quick there, um, I, I'm going to say that this, Jeanette. It's like, okay, like you just said, you know, all are not, all, you know, not black, right? But you mm-hmm. also got to realize, you know, there's a big misconception around the world about what black is, okay? Mm-hmm. You have a lot of dark-skinned people that do not claim to be black, regardless mm-hmm. of where they're from starting from America all the way to Africa and all over everywhere else. There's a whole lot of dark-skinned people that do not claim to be black, including a lot of Africans. You, you, mm-hmm. say, you say they're black, well, they'll fight you. <laughs> I'm not black. I'm African. You know what? That's, and that's interesting. <laughs> or whatever country they come from, you know. I've they don't want to be associated as, as a black person. So, mm-hmm. so but, but those that call themselves black are normally bunched up or associated with African Americans, the, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, and that's anywhere you go on the globe, you know, South America, mm-hmm. Europe, parts right. of, of of Africa, or whatever, you know, right. Middle East, or whatever. Right. You know, like like for and, instance, Asia has a lot of black people, okay, mm-hmm. Chinese, Koreans, uh, Laotians, uh, Vietnamese, uh, 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 you know, Indians, um, and a whole bunch of others. But they don't call themselves black, okay? Except when they come here and they take advantage of black uh, uh, benefits, then they become black, okay? But on but other than that, I'm not black. I'm this. I'm that. I'm not black. See, so there's a whole lot of black. Like the same thing here. Say for instance, you got somebody that was born here. They're black people that was born in the United States, right? But their grandmother was from India. Mm-hmm. Or or South America or something like that, and you mm-hmm. you, you you ask them what, what's your nationality? Oh, I'm Indian. Or I'm Colombian. Or I'm you know wherever the grandparent came from, mm-hmm. even though they were born right here. Well, you know what, and that's interesting that you said that. I was looking at my son that posted something on Facebook, and I don't know which one of my grandsons said it to him, but apparently one of his grand his children said something to him. And, and I'm looking at it. It said, my son asked, did I cry when I was a slave? He said, nigga, I was born in 1985. What the heck? You know, <laughs> I wasn't eight, I was born in 1985. But his son is biracial, 
so his son don't know his own culture. He don't. Now, let me log on Mother Perkins because I want to hear what she has to say as we talk about this topic. Hello, Mother Perkins. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am well. And I want to thank you for um, joining us here on the show tonight. I called you earlier. I know I waited till the last minute, didn't put all this information out. But the month of July is National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And right. what we're talking about is many individuals have are still struggling with difficulties as it relates to the disparity in regards to accessing mental health, getting proper diagnosis, getting proper treatment, being heard, not being over-medicated, under-medicated, ignored. And what is your take on that when we talk about minorities and mental health? Okay, it's a problem that, like you said, that's been overlooked, underdressed, and we fear it. And I don't know why we fear it, but uh, we do. We Mm -hmm. fear when you talk about mental health and issues, we kind of turn a deaf ear. We don't want to deal with it because of the stigma. And I Mm -hmm. think the stigma starts for us uh, in the church, in the house, everybody knows they had that crazy uncle or the crazy auntie that everybody thought was just mean or, you know, I'll go to things. They just got dementia. Well, mm-hmm. it goes deeper than that. Uh, I don't know if you've already discussed the fact that it's been a theological uh, fact that we all suffer from PTSD. As, as from my ancestors being enslaved. Okay, that's not anything that you brush off. That's something that you need to look into and deal with because we have so many illnesses, so many problems that are generational. Mm-hmm. And when, if you go back to the church, because that's where I take it, because that's where my expertise is, we have always said, well, they full of the devil, and if you pray, and if you uh, do this and pray more and fast, well, okay, those things are all good. I ain't knocking it because I'm a prayer warrior and I fast. But we do have issues that are medical. Everything is not demon possession. Mm-hmm. Everything is not a generational curse. It may be generational. But it's not necessarily a curse. It, it it may be generational because we never addressed the problem and corrected it. Uh, hypertension that runs in most black families because mm-hmm. we just don't change our diets on Thanksgiving and Christmas and the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. And so we we have these disparities that are going on, and most of it comes culturally. Because of the environment and the impact of the environment on our lives. So how do we deal with this? How do we get people? I tell them it has to start in the home having conversations, looking in Mm -hmm. your background, looking at these things, reading, reading, reading. We Google everything, but 
Look up some of this information. If you see somebody acting strange, don't just presume, well, that's that's grandma, that's just Auntie Belle, that's how she acts. No, there's a reason why she's acting like that. First of all, we can gather information. We can read. Secondly, if the church where most of us go and we listen and we preach that and preach too, starts dealing with this from a, a mental illness, and, and, and I told them there's a difference between mental illness and mental health. You all, we all, we all need health, health, good health, nutritional, exercise our bodies, and, and mentally because the Word of God even tells you to guard your heart. Where's your heart? You know, Brother Perkins, I want to say this, Brother Perkins. I want to say this because um, his name was Kahala for King, and I attended a workshop with him, which was Mental Health 101, and one of the things that that taught me, and I noticed at one point there were grants that I've seen out years ago, is they were going into churches, and it didn't matter what denomination of the church, because many of the church churches were not prepared, were not aware, were not educated right. as it related mm-hmm. to the mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you saw somebody in there talking to themselves, you thought they thought they were talking in tongues or talking to God. No. Right. You know, or they yeah. up growing up, and I've seen pastors pray over people like they get demonic spirits out. No, yeah. that's yeah. You know, so, or dissociative yeah. disorder. So we're now becoming more aware. Now, when COVID hit, I don't think a lot of individuals, because, see, I was a trainer where I can go out and train churches and individuals within the clergy members to um, assist their congregation with a sense of awareness because they don't know. Some people to this day.
some stress is unnecessary. But some stress right. creates anxiety. Some stress, and when we talk about anxiety, we got generalized anxiety. We got people that have panic attacks. There are people that have had panic yeah. attacks in the church. And I'm glad yeah. you bring in another purpose because on Tuesdays is normally when I do the show from the pulpit to the couch. But I wanted to make sure that I didn't let the month go by without addressing this issue. Because Phil used to say, when you know better, you do And this is just not a black and white thing. This is about access to treatment, being given proper treatment. People not thinking, oh, I'm just an angry black woman. I'm supposed to be depressed. I'm supposed to have anger. I remember when I moved to Oceanside. My job, I was dealing with a lot of discrimination, and they sent me to go be seen by someone. And the person told me that again, I was dealing with adjustment disorder because I moved from Compton to Oceanside. I'm like, what the hell? Adjustment disorder? I'm not having problems with adapting. I'm having problems with getting my. They they got me jacked up. They don't know who they messing with. You ain't going to be in there eating my lunch, acting like I didn't have no lunch up in there, somebody that ate my food, or making me be the violent, crazy black woman. But they said it was an adjustment disorder. <laughs> so I well, started looking stuff up. It's like going to the doctor, and I tell people on the air, I remember going to the doctor one time, and my doctor called me grossly obese. I said, your mama. I said, I may be obese, but I'm not gross. So... You know, when we're talking about not only mental health, but um, physical health, just even going to the doctor for medical reasons. Motherfucker, you, you not even When I went to the doctor, they couldn't get my blood pressure down. Those people right. started trying to give me um, a chemotherapy medication for arthritis, and I don't have cancer, so why are you giving me chemotherapy medicine? Telling me to take seven pills a day for a week. One, no, one day, seven pills. Then switched it to yeah. nine. Then gave me some. I left around and had a stroke. And yeah. then the next call, the doctor, they go say, oh, she ain't available. How many people she give that medication to? And then she already knew I wasn't going to take it. I'm like, is it my foul? Do they have me being resistant? Do she not trust me taking it? But I remember my mother telling me one time, Kaiser killed people. I was like, my mother, hypochondriac. Kaiser ain't killing nobody. But when, when what I went through, what I'm still going through, I gotta be my own advocate. Yeah. Be, yes. Excuse me, uh, my dog ready to go outside, and okay. I don't want him going in here. So uh, I, I'm so glad that you called me for the uh, uh, radio and everything. But I have to go right no now. No problem. I appreciate you. Anything you want to say to some as a parent that's trying to access the system for their adult children. Anything you want to say before you go let your dog out? Because we don't want your dog yes, Because I just realized my son has a mental problem, but I've been turning a blind eye because I was more focused on myself. Take time out for your kids. Take time out to see the signs. Just do what you got to do to get these people some help. Because the, uh, it, you can't just keep turning your back on things like this. It's not... Mm-hmm. And, and to them, and to their kids, and, you know, put a stop to it someplace. That's all I have to say. And everybody have a good night. Thank you. I appreciate you, Lynn. You take care. Okay, bye-bye. 
Ed, what are some of the things that you think we can do as a minority as it relates to... Well, um, we need to know who we are as a person. Know what's normal for you. That includes your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health. Mm-hmm. You know, when when and and when you uh, these things get out of place, or you feel like something, then you do a self check. If you're feeling off balance, and 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 it's not a shame to go talk to somebody or ask for help. You shouldn't mm-hmm. hide how you feel. You shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about it because everybody's going through something. Everybody got something, and if they ain't going through it now, let them wake up in the morning, and they mm-hmm. will. And so mental health is a priority because self-care is a necessity. The longer mm-hmm. you hide it, like the lady just said, the worse it gets, and now you got a full-blown problem. One of the mm-hmm. things with minorities is that we think if we go to therapy, that means that uh, something's wrong with us and we're crazy. But that's not it at all. This is no. You you have to know that therapy is for anybody. It's just so you can have somebody to talk through, and your mm-hmm. therapist gives you tools to help you deal with your challenges. Most of the time. The therapists have bring out in you answers to questions that you had that you already had the answers, but you weren't sure about them, or you didn't have the confidence in what you're thinking or feeling, and they kind of guide you along. But then we have uh, the the uh, the stressors when you were talking about um, stress. You know, we we have so much stress, and a lot of that is because. Especially with our young people on social media, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and and whatever these other new things they came out with, and and Apple just came out with uh, with, with, with with Meta, and so you know they're so busy worried about how many followers I got. If I don't have as many followers, so and so, then something's wrong with me. So engaging yourself in too much of the social media and the effects it has on you, it lowers your self-esteem. And some people, they don't have the self-confidence in themselves no more because you're concerned what people are saying about you or you want to be the next big influencer and all of that. So you're kind of out of reality and you're teeter-tottering. And so that brings added stress. It triggers stress. When you competing, you know, we, we you hear some people, oh, they're very con- competitive and stuff. Sometimes that adds unnecessary stress. Genetics, just your genetic makeup, uh, your environment, the environment. Our kids, they live in an environment where if they go and play in a the park, they can be shot or abducted. If they go to school, they can be stabbed or shot at. So when they... Are out with their friends when they go to school. They have this trick because you never know what's going to happen. You're always edgy. You ever seen people now since COVID? Everybody's edgy. You can't say bump or look at people. Everybody's on edge, you know, waiting for the next uh, uh, foot to drop. So all of that causes trauma. 
when when the parents are so stressed because uh-huh. things are so expensive, trying to make ends meet, and you're yelling at your kids, you're calling them names, you don't have to, all of this puts uh, trauma on our children. So you got all of this stress, not counting just life itself, not counting when you lose a loved one or anything like that, you know. And we get all of these unhealthy habits. We don't eat right. We don't sleep right. We're not hydrating our body. We're not socializing now because after COVID, we were in so long. Now we got these imaginary avatars, and we're living in a in an IA world. We're living in an unreal world, and all of that. You got people now drinking that never drank before because they were in the house, so subdued, couldn't get out, can't work, and all of that. So all of these things deal with stress affects our mental health. Uh, uh, you look at all these military people with brain disorder, PTSD, oh and all this. You, you know, it doesn't mean you're crazy. It just means you got situations going on in your life that's overwhelming you. So it's nothing wrong with talking to somebody. It's nothing wrong with getting help, getting a counselor, getting a therapist, or or, or anything like that because too much stress. Mental health impacts your physical health. A lot of the stuff that we're going that goes on with us is because the mental health is impacting how how we live, our, our physical health. Uh, harmful, we develop harmful behaviors, unbeknownst, because people think, well, that's just the way I am. Well, that's not how you should be, you know. Right. So, it's it's it, if we look at the whole person. Because I tell people all the time, God is concerned with your whole self. He ain't concerned with whether you wear lipstick, eyeshadow. He ain't concerned with whether you wear pants or a dress. He ain't concerned with perfume, nappy hair, straight hair. None of this stuff God is concerned with. He's concerned with your soul. He's concerned with his creation that he created so that you carry the spirit. You are the temple where God's spirit lies. So he's concerned about his temple, the whole you. Not if you went to church today, not because you forgot to pray this morning or they called a fast and you didn't pray. You ain't going to hell over that. Come on now. Uh, uh, You have to look at the whole self, your whole being, because God created, he didn't create Adam halfway and left the bottom half now, he made a whole person, and he blew the breath of life in this person. That's, that's so this person now is we a whole created time. being. We ran out of time, Mother Perkins. We went over our time. Okay. But I want to know, okay. is, is there anything that you want to say as, as we're wrapping this show up, as we talk about the uh, Minorities and Mental Health Awareness Month? Because this is to bring a sense of awareness. Okay, well, I guess the the best way I can sum up, because uh, I can't really top what was just said by your last two speakers there, but Mm -hmm. uh, I can kind of rebound on a couple of things you said earlier about uh, one of those about about the cultural therapy thing, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, Caucasians compared to blacks and Asians and whoever else. Um, one thing about that I know about uh, Caucasian culture is that uh, white people will get therapy at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
I mean, I don't get if he's sneezing. All oh, therapy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why are he sneezing like that? It's the, go to the therapy. You know, you know what this is? I home, get called. While uh, uh, black I, people, they can go through all kinds of stuff, and it might be a long time if they ever get any kind of therapy, even when it's obvious uh, issues. Okay, one mm-hmm. one thing is sometimes access, but sometimes that's only part of it, you know. So it depends on the culture. Cultural is it is an issue in itself. And then, of course, you've got the period of time. You've got a lot of times, like you were saying earlier, that a lot of times people don't want to self-diagnose. You know, they don't want to go see a psychiatrist or whoever because they don't want to be tagged as, you know, nuts. Okay, mm-hmm. so they'll push it off as far as they can. And um, mm-hmm. this can add up to years, you know, and then, you know, just causing the problems to get worse when it could have been mm-hmm. probably something rectified by just a little bit of therapy. And then you mm-hmm. got the, what you said earlier about the movie and video game stuff. You know, youngsters watch movies and video games. You were saying something about watching horror movies and all that. Well, first of all, mm-hmm. if, if just watching a movie doesn't turn you into a serial killer, okay? Well, <laughs> but, there is, but there are some, but there are certain, some people that can be, they can be uh, uh, um, you know, they can be piqued by certain things that they see. You know, or witness, okay, or inspired or whatever. So because that that means they already have something already going on with them. It wasn't the movie That's they put in their head. It just they just gave them an idea of how to express it. You see what I'm there saying? There you go. That that part right there. Because if you're watching a horror movie and you know that your mama was murdered by a man, which was her husband and her boyfriend, or her boyfriend. See, we didn't talk about the mental health as it relates to domestic violence, toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. That type of anxiety and stress and depression. Well, there's various ways that, that people have stuff in their head as far as that kind of stuff goes. I mean, sometimes people can grow up in a nice environment, a nice household, nobody fight nobody, but they just have certain ideals and they'll see certain things and they'll just have a perspective based on what they see and how they see it, and then they'll, next thing you know, they become a serial killer, you know. So, so this doesn't doesn't mean they actually witnessed somebody being attacked. It's just because that's just you know, they they might have started out you know torturing animals or something, you know, and then they grew up into it turned into a a, you know something different. This is what we run into problems. If I'm a mother and I see my child cutting tails off cats, putting them in barbecue pits, laughing about it, and I do nothing about it. That's the problem. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. Sometimes well, yeah, of course. I, you see your kid doing stuff like that, and you're not, then you're part of the problem, of course. Well, that is the it, because people don't know what to do. So, and well, then, if I see well, my I, kid doing, I'm, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to just, oh, he'll grow well, out of it. <laughs> no, we can't do yeah, that. Yeah, but see, but these yeah. things that within our community, now I'm not saying even because I'm not making it a black and white thing. That's not what this is about. This is more about awareness. If you see these things, you see it, you say something, you do something. Don't be ashamed. Don't be so afraid to think you're a bad parent because your child only got your blood running through their body. They got yours, the dad's, the, the dad's mm-hmm. mom, the dad's kid. They got all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. And sometimes we ignore things. We minimize things. Mm-hmm. When I started mental health issues in my grandkids, I told their parents. I told my, and I'll never forget one time my, um, my, um, my, my son's baby mother said to me about my granddaughter, 
I said, she was about eight months old. I said, don't have no weapons around her. Why are you letting her lay by you with a screwdriver? I was wondering why she was poking me all night. That eight-month-old will stab the crap out of you. And yeah. the thing is, even just the other day, my other grandbaby said, yeah, so-and-so said it was a dead cat in the pool. I said, are you sure she didn't kill it? Or she, no, that girl going to find some dead animals somewhere. And I've seen that when she was a kid. She has a gift, but that gift can be mental health, or it can be considered where she got certain things she's seeing here. You know, but we stop ignoring things. We ignore too much, thinking it's going to go away. Yeah. Everything just ain't going to go away. Yeah. Think we just can't worry about it. That's right. We got to talk openly about mental health. And Correct. then we, educate. And you got to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you to yeah. uh, Show yeah, when you go back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, white people, you know, have more therapy than, than everybody else. I agree with that because, you know, like I said, white folks, they'll, they'll go to therapy at a drop. I mean, the wind blows. Therapy. <laughs> you know, oh, the reason it. why. You know, <laughs> you got to find out, you know. <laughs> they, they go to therapy in a minute. So. I know we got to watch it. Mr. Ed, I've gotten calls from people and they children, they child is two years old. What am I going to do with a two-year-old? They want to put the two-year-old in therapy. Or we're going through a divorce, and we want to make sure our kid is not dealing with symptoms of the divorce. Black folks don't do that. If your daddy leaves, nope. you crying, your mama ain't going to send you to therapy. She's going to say you're going to take your butt to bed. That ain't none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do take that. We don't take do that. Take you to the altar for prayer. Take you to the uh, altar yeah. for prayer. That's what we're going to do. So, but, I, but, I mean, I'm, uh, at, the same time, at the same time, there's a thing called over-therapy, uh, you know, over-therapy. You know, because, you know, sometimes therapy is not the, and, you know, now it might be a time for the parent to sit down with the kids and just talk to them, not necessarily go to some outside professional. You see? A lot Some of things time, like when it comes to personal domestic things like that, that's things where you know it's better to sit with the family, you know, like like the parent or grandparent or somebody can sit down with the kid and talk to them about how their feelings and what's going on, that kind of stuff, rather than sending them out to somebody so like a complete stranger to talk about their personal issues. Because a lot of times it takes a while before somebody can just come out of their personal feeling, you know, with somebody they don't know. A lot of times. Parents don't know. My mother told me one time, I was talking to my mother, my mother said, what am I supposed to do, scratch my ass and give you an answer? I couldn't go talk to my mama with my feelings. I couldn't go talk to her about She didn't know. I don't even think she knew she was suffering from depression. I knew she was. She didn't know she was. So you can't well, see, Mental health is one of the most complicated things in the human psyche. You know, and it goes across it all barriers, not And that's why, because so often many kids and young adults are upset with their parents because they've been lied to. They've been misled. They've been given inaccurate information. Now, I want to say this because, like I said, I know we went over the time, but when we talk about mental health issues in the African-American or minorities, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, Postpartum depression is something that many individuals are not aware of. 
anxiety. Mm-hmm. Generalized anxiety, it could be panic attacks. Autism, mm-hmm. it could be on the spectrum. And the spectrum is really huge. Right. As individuals lack emotions, we got mental health issues, we got personality disorders, we got attachment disorders, avoiding. It's a lot of information out there, and sometimes it can be right. overwhelming. Some things can be chemically induced. We got some individuals that didn't have mental health issues until they started using drugs or alcohol. And right. we don't know what the first chicken or the egg. We got individuals, the human brain is not fully developed to age 25. So we got parents that will say, I'd rather for my kids to get high at home than get high in the street. And that we didn't realize that allowing them to get high, we have contributed to the delinquency of a minor, and now their brain is fried because they've got a hold mm-hmm. of something. Overdose. Well, yeah, that's, that's one issue in itself. Not yeah. to mention those that like kids that are in a, in a, 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 like in foster care or going through a, 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 you know a slow slow classes in school and they're being prescribed medications and stuff. Those medications mm-hmm. can literally affect their brains in a negative way. You yeah, know? Uh-huh. and and that's true. This, this is the thing, though. Medication is not always a bad thing. But you want to make sure that the kid is properly medicated, that they are appropriately medicated. Because if you do yes. nothing, they will still go to drugs or alcohol because they will self-medicate. I wasn't talking about illegal drugs. I was talking about prescription drugs that can affect I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this because I'm not a psychiatrist, and I know that some people get kicked back from prescribing certain stuff. I get that. But some medications are needed. Some yes. are needed. And if we yeah, eat more, not. if we eat more, that argument goes both ways. If but we that argument goes both ways. Some Sometimes mm-hmm. there's a thing called overprescribed. I understand Sometimes that. Sometimes kids or anybody can be prescribed something that they really didn't need, or and it just made their issue more problem. Cat Williams did an episode, a show one time, and he was talking about his kid at ADHD, and they was like, oh, you want me to get my child this because my child is happy? Because And his kid is funny, but he made a lot of sense. But the thing Who is, if your child is being overly medicated, Ed, you've got to be it? an advocate for that child. But you don't ignore the fact that your child got ADD or ADHD, because if you do nothing, it'll be worse. And, and and with that medication, you need to do changes in schedule, kind of direct that child, make it more structured. And you also have to look at the diet, the nutrition, too, because all of that is going to play a part in how that child responds to that medication. You can't just yeah, that's feel that's like them in the bed because you don't want to be bothered, and it's going to put them to sleep and stuff. children, but not adults. I do domestic violence groups for men and women. I know which one of my clients got ADD and ADHD, even as adults. Mm-hmm. Right. I know when people take their medicine and when they don't. I mm-hmm. So I'm not pro and I'm not con. I'm aware. I'm not well, if it's ignorant. Needed, if it's needed, it's needed. That's my point. If it's needed, it's You're not going to stop taking your heart medicine if you got congestive heart failure and you know you need that heart medication to live to keep from having a heart attack or going to cardiac arrest. 
And so the same thing with, with your mental health. You're not going to stop taking an aspirin. If you got migraines, you're going to be in the dark and do what you need to do to get rid of that migraine. So when it comes to mental health, you know, that's where the breakdown is because we've always had this stigma behind it. But if you go to the cardiologist for your heart, if you go to the rheumatologist for your arthritis, if you go to the internal medicine to get a checkup, then you can go to a therapist, a counselor, or a coach for your mind, too, because the mind, you, once again, is a terrible thing to worry Mother Perkins, that you can connect with, that you can relate to. I have a very strong discernment. I know the difference between SHIT and bull SHIT. I know when someone gives me something to just go along and get up. I I listen, I pay attention, I will Google it, I will look it up. I'm not Mm going to just anything, but I am aware. And that's one of the Mm -hmm. things that would call me, they'll say, I appreciate the fact that even though you didn't take me on as a client, you took to lead me in the right direction. That's the best right. I can do. I can't right. see. I can't take on. I, I don't have the energy. The I, I can't do it. So now I'm trying to find somebody to help me, to help individuals. Mm. But I remember, my, and my mother's been deceased for 15 years. My mother told me a long time ago, but didn't you thank God? I've had people tell me, even when I bought a drug rehab, and I was concerned, I thought the drug dealers were going to come after me. They said, Jeanette, we glad you're here, but you can't save them all. We glad you're here. And I was like, Ooh, really? I can't, but I can do my best. Yeah. And that's why I do yeah. even these shows, put the information out there, because we got to mm-hmm. do away with some of the stuff. We got to do away with all of them. Ask somebody. If they don't know, ask somebody else. Don't suffer in silence. You can utilize your health care insurance. You can utilize Mm -hmm. if you have a called EAP, which is an employee assistance program, which you don't even pay for. If you are in the military, active duty military members have difficulties accessing mental health because they don't want it diagnosed or they don't want it in their in their on their file. Or they don't want to they don't want to listen but then they don't realize that that can also have them get more money towards disability if they get out. But right. they don't want to know because of the stigma. Mm-hmm. The stigma mm-hmm. Not only in the minorities, but military culture is huge when it comes to mental health. We got so many people yeah. out there that in the military fighting our wars, doing this that suffering with mental health issues. A lot. Mm-hmm. We have people, we have politicians, we have people that, are, we have therapists that have mental health issues. Oh, sure. Just, they're out there. They're not running from it. We got to stop closing our eyes, putting the blind eye on things, because we have an idea with some stuff. If you don't know, ask we, 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 we don't have the knowledge and the language that we don't understand the language the difference between mental health and mental illness. Uh, PTSD does not mean you're crazy. You could have no, PTSD no. if you've been in a car wreck. You can have PTSD from the tragic death of a loved one. It does not denote that you're a simpleton or stupid mm-hmm. or crazy. It just means that you had a traumatic event and your mind is having a 
problem processing mm-hmm. it. So you need help on how to process that. Even when, when we have loved ones tragically so we don't get grief counseling. We there deal with it, we keep it, we mad with everybody and and you should have seen about mama and blah blah this that, and the other when the count the grief counseling is just to help you find your way through so you don't get you know, stuck in that dark place. Same thing with know, PTSD. Uh, you got this problem, let's talk about it. You got people that have been in war and stuff, and they just uh, internalize it. But at some point or another, you touch them the wrong way, and they go uh, BS crazy. You, you see what I'm saying? Because it hasn't been dealt with. It's been internalized. Your body was not made to hold this stuff. This was not right. what it was created for. Right. So and you know what? You, I'm going to say this, Mother Perkins, because this is what I saw a lot when I was a kid growing up, experienced a lot of funerals, deaths, tragedies. And when people would go to the, see their doctor, all they would do was give them an, a Valium, a Xanax, and they'd be sitting mm-hmm. in the funeral high as hell mm-hmm. or medicated mm-hmm. that going on. But they yep. did not assist with the grief. And grief yeah. is Mourning is two different things. So you're right. Right. So um, like I said, the grief issue, PTSD, anxiety, depression, substance abuse disorder, mood disorders, there's a lot of different things. So if you have any questions, if I can help, you can call my office at 714-992-1677. You can also contact NOMNI. NOMNI is an organization that helps individuals, whether it's the client or the family, access resources. You can also, if you are noticing that one of your loved ones is having symptoms of major depression, suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation, you can call the National Suicide Hotline. There is crisis numbers. There is a, you can call 211 and get information regarding community resources. Exactly. Because a lot of programs available. So I know I am very passionate when it comes to this subject and topic because this is something that I do every day. And if you are mm-hmm. of African-American descent, don't think that talking to another African-American is they're going to judge you. They may be able to help you because they may understand. But we so they busy that we, yes, we're so sensitive, we think people go talk about us, I think differently of us. Mm-hmm. We, we try ourselves help. We refuse help. We gotta do better. Yeah. So again, I want to thank you for joining me at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I appreciate your support, Ed. I appreciate your comments and input. Well, the Perkins, I appreciate you too, and Linda, that was also on the show. So until next week, this. And again, my name is Tony, and I am a licensed marriage counseling therapist. In addition to the podcast host, so again, enjoy your night. Share this information because you never know who may need to hear this. Have a good night. Bye bye. Good night.